Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life business and retirement coaching support. I I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French or English and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550. And our website can be found at lifecoachdenamzalag.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our first episode of season 12, a very special guest and mental health advocate and author, Robert Graves. And just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Robert, the floor is yours. Well, thank you, Dr. Dan. I am thrilled to be here. Uh, As you said, I am a mental health advocate uh, and author. Uh, I uh, recently released my memoir, uh, I, Rob Graves, Uh uh, is the title of my memoir, about my life journey and how I found forgiveness and acceptance and ultimately how I found happiness uh, with living with bipolar disorder uh, for 22 years. Wow. Okay. So you were diagnosed 22 years ago, or you were living with it, but you just didn't get diagnosed until recently. I was living with it undiagnosed until I was 44. 40. So some, yeah. So about four years ago, I was diagnosed as bipolar. Wow. Okay. So were you surprised about the diagnosis or were you said, Oh, now I know what I went through. No, all of the, it kind of connected all of the dots my anger management issues, my, uh, my addiction, uh, my spending habits, it all kind of just was like, it, it suddenly made sense. Okay, I see. So how, how was your life uh, prior to bipolar? And how's your life now? How do you cope with the symptom that comes in and out? Well, my life prior was pretty chaotic. I had a lot of anger management issues, a lot of rage issues. Mm-hmm. Um, my my, uh, my bipolar disorder kind of manifested in a anonymous sex addiction. Okay. And uh, so I was treating my bipolar disorder, I was self-medicating, if you will. Okay. So through an anonymous sex addiction, and through spending and the, the, the traditional bipolar uh, manifestations. Uh, my life was out of control at the height of my mania. Uh, and uh, my life now is completely different. Uh, through writing the memoir, mm-hmm. uh, I have found uh, great acceptance of myself, I have found forgiveness for putting myself and playing. I was basically playing Russian roulette with my life for the last 22 years um, by having the, an untreated addiction. And um, I have, uh, since writing the book, I have really come to terms through behavior modification to to 
uh, overcome my addiction and really live a life that is uh, meaningful, uh, becoming a mental health advocate, becoming a speaker to uh, promote uh, uh, mental health wellness and, and really just starting a new chapter in my life. And when you were writing the book, did you feel that, uh, you know, like um, basically revealing all your, I would say your private life, your uh, social life and everything, all your addictions, uh, your manic depression episode and all, do you feel that uh, it was kind of like therapeutic for you to be able to do something like that? Or was it very difficult for you to be able to write the book out? It was extremely cathartic. Okay. It was, um, I wrote it on a houseboat. Uh, more off the coast of Clearwater Beach, Florida. So it was very quintessential author living off the grid for 10 weeks. Okay. But it was the best experience of my life. Uh, there were days where I sobbed uh, in, in mourning, um, you know, mourning the, the loss of my previous life. Uh, but there is days where I really kind of chuckled and said, wow, you're, you're, you had some, you had some really funny episodes and, and reliving those memories was uh, both very uh, painful and yet very uh, joyful. So now um, the, some of the listeners, I'm not sure how many or whoever is dealing with something similar to what you're dealing with, um, what would you recommend them to be able to, especially those who are not diagnosed yet, can you give them like a, a series of symptoms to be able to pay attention to, to be able to say, you know what, now I think it's time for me to be able to take my life in control and to be able to get the help that I need or the medication that I need to be able to mm -hmm. deal with those uh, symptoms or those uh, those extreme behaviors or uh, those uh, addiction that I'm dealing with. So is there like certain things that I know that symptoms do not reveal themselves the same way from one person to the other, but there must be some common denominator here. You know what? There are common denominators. And I, ha and I had uh, three, of, three of them. I had the uncontrolled rage that would manifest itself very rapidly uh and i would go from very very happy to very rageful in a matter of seconds um and over very minor issues um i had the uncontrolled spending uh spending beyond my means um at the height of my mania i bought a five-bedroom house for me and my cat. Ouch. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm still living with that decision today. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've come, uh, I've, I've gotten control over that. Uh, and then I had the, the, un, the unexplained addiction, uh, the, the anonymous sex addiction, which, which really was playing havoc on my life it it really was controlling my life in that that i was spending a majority of my time thinking about when i would get that next high just like an addict of heroin or alcohol you need that drug well my drug was sex 
and, and I would need it and crave it and seek it out uncontrollably. Um, but the reason, you know, earlier in the podcast, we talked about it being undiagnosed for 22 years. Yes. And the key reason it went undiagnosed, uh, Dr. Dan, is because I wasn't being honest with my therapist. I wasn't being honest with my, met, uh, my, my primary care physician or my mental health physician. I see. And that was the biggest reason it went undiagnosed. I've been in therapy on and off for years. Uh, but because I wasn't being honest, uh, never it was fucking wrong. Yeah, I, I chose, because of the stigma, there's such stigma associated with, with being bipolar that I was so ashamed. I knew something was wrong, but I was so ashamed and so fearful of the stigma that would come with a diagnosis that, that I chose to uh, hold the truth back. I didn't lie. I just Bendy. neglected to tell the truth. I see. But the thing is, is that as a therapist or as even a PCP, when you, you, you go to them, there, there's some things that, okay, maybe the, the PCP may not really perceive your behavior as, uh, you know, related to, uh, you know, bipolar, but your therapist sometimes change of moods that can happen or triggers that may push you to be able to react a certain way, he must have been tuned to something that was off. I mean, I deal with bipolar disorders. And when I talk with the, the, my patient, I can see that's from one minute or specific topic of conversation to the next minute, I, I see a complete change of behavior. Mm -hmm. And that prompt me to ask, have you ever considered or have you ever been diagnosed with this? because then I could really focus and, mm -hmm. and understand a little bit more where he's coming from. So either you're an amazing actor, Robert, uh, to be able to hide that side of you, or you deliberately didn't want because of that stigma that you mentioned about uh, just earlier, because you're just doing harm for yourself and not harm to anybody else because, you, well, no, when I say harm to anybody else, some people may have to deal with your anger issue, but the thing is, is that you're just prolonging the pain. I prolonged that pain for uh, 22 years. And there's two, um, there's a couple of key points. So I was in therapy early in my adult life, coming to terms with my homosexuality. Uh, and I saw an amazing therapist by the name of George. And George suddenly died in the middle of uh, my sessions with him. Oh, and it was um, traumatic. Uh, very traumatic to lose that, that stability factor. Mm -hmm. he, he was a huge source of stability for me. And it took years of trying to find a new therapist that I connected with. I and I, I finally gave up because I never did find that therapist. It wasn't until... I wanted to go on the antiviral uh, drug Truvada, which is also known as PrEP, which is an anti-HIV drug okay. that uh, is effectively 
uh, prevents you from contracting HIV and AIDS. Okay. Um, my primary care physician would not prescribe it to me because he did not know enough about it to be comfortable with prescribing it to me because of all of the additional testing that goes on every three months. Um, so I found a LGBT uh, healthcare provider that was willing to prescribe it to me. And I went through, um, I went through the intake for that, for that drug and for seeing a new uh, primary care physician. And they asked the questions. Okay. They asked specifically, how many sexual partners have you had in the last week, in the last month, in the last year? And Dr. Dale, I couldn't honestly tell them because there had been so many that I did not know. Wow. Okay. Uh, so that was a wake up call for me. That was the slap in the face that I needed. I, I then found, went back into therapy and found an LGBTQ specialist, uh, mental health specialist who, uh, who I really connected with and I was able to be honest with. And once I was honest with, with Jenny, my new therapist, She's like, Robert, you're not suffering from clinical depression, which had been my diagnosis for years. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're bipolar. And, and your bipolar is manifesting in these three things. Especially the addiction. In the addiction, in the rage, in the spending. Mm -hmm. So do you feel that when they ask you the question about how many partners, Robert, do you feel that you were too ashamed about giving a number or you really were, you went completely blank about the possible number. What was, because you said that. Oh, I couldn't tell you because I was in such a high okay. and self-medicating so dramatically. I was spending five, six hours a day seeking that high. Wow. Okay. And I was having multiple partners every day of the week. So from one day to the other, once you were, once you got diagnosed with bipolar, did you just went completely cold feet and not just, you know, just stop everything? Or did that take you some time to transition for, to deal with the addiction? Well, it was twofold. I went on an amazing drug and I don't know if I, I can say the name of the drug um, uh, if, if that's allowed, but I went on an amazing prescription Uh, for bipolar disorder, and that really cured the physical aspect of, aspect of the need. But there was still the behavioral aspect that I needed to cure, and that took some time. It wasn't until I wrote the book and went away uh, to Florida to write the book for 10 weeks and really was alone for 10 weeks with my thoughts and with my, with my memories and, and with, with my dirty little secret, uh, did I really find it in myself to, be, to, to, to walk away from that 
aspect of my life. And, and, and I'm very proud and I'm very happy to say that I have been celibate since I wrote the book 18 months ago. Wow. Wow. Congratulations for that, uh, Robert. I mean, I understand that any kind of addiction is very, very difficult to manage. It can be alcohol. It can be substance abuse. It can be sex. It can be porn. It can be whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And really separating yourself from that addiction takes a lot of work, a lot of like a change of mindset, a change of a lot of different perception that you have from, from within and be able to allow yourself to be able to kind of like tweak everything that was so negative about your life into something that is so positive. So, and, and as you said, it, it does take a complete um, change of perception about what, what was the high that you were looking for? What was the void in your life that you didn't get with other things that were more productive that you replaced with something that was so negative? So, so I, I really just focused on uh, writing the book, promoting the book, uh, honing my skills as a public speaker, uh, took on some hobbies. I love to garden. So I've been, you know, actually doing some gardening. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's very therapeutic to get your hands in the dirt. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, my, and I switched my, my goals in life. I've always been very successful uh, in my career. And since I wrote the book um, and have focused on my life and focused on my happiness, that has come back to me many times over. Uh, with promotions and new job opportunities. And so I'm very successful on the, and have always been successfully and gainfully employed, which is not something you always find with people who suffer with severe bipolar disorder. Um, so I am grateful that, that I've been able to do that in my life. Um, but I am more focused on my family. I am more focused on my career. I am more focused on promoting my book and and getting the message out there that we need to end the stigma uh, so that people aren't ashamed of being truthful with their therapist, that people aren't ashamed of being diagnosed with bipolar disorder because it's, it's just like diabetes. You have to take your medication. Mm-hmm. It's just like a disease. It's a chemical imbalance that is treated through medication. That is so true. And, you know, I commend you for taking such a big leap and, and controlling those and having to, you know, and of course, medication does help because you did say that you went into a, a specific type of med that was able to help you at least deal with the symptoms, the, the physical symptoms that you were dealing mm-hmm. with. Um, but then the, the, the behavioral aspect, and that's why you have cognitive behavior psychotherapists to be able to help you with that mm-hmm. specific part of it. And, but even with this, depending on how, how long you dealt with that, that addiction. And sometimes, you know, like 
there's an expression about alcohol where they say you get off the wagon or in the wagon. What, what is the, the right expression for that when you basically go back into drinking? Is it you, off the you wagon? Fall off the wagon. So fall off the wagon. Is there another expression for the sex part? No, I fell off the wagon many times. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. I did. It was a struggle for um, a, about a year and a half. A year and a half. So how did you catch yourself back up? I mean, how did you say, oh boy, I'm, I'm diverting into the wrong path here. I need to get back to how I was before. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, I, um, I knew what I was doing. I had the mental mindset. Okay. I know why I'm going to the adult theater. I know why I'm going to the adult bookstore and theater. Um, I know that I was seeking a high. Um, but I did it anyways, even though I was on the medication, I had to change the behavior. And I had to step, I had to get out of my surroundings for, for the 10 week period that I wrote the book in order to, to go cold turkey and for it to finally sink in. What I was doing was playing Russian roulette with my, my life and putting my life in danger. Mm -hmm. And that's why I named the book I Rob Graves. It's not just a funny play on my name, which it is, um, but it's what I was doing, Dr. Dan, is I was robbing the, a grave every time I went and had anonymous sex. It's so like it's a, with the Will Smith, like I robot, I Robert. <laughs> right, right. So it's, a, um, it's what I was doing for 22 years. Mm -hmm. was robbing graves and, and I only have um, my higher power to thank for watching over me for 22 years and, and I and I thank my higher power because I am HIV negative okay well I I came out of it remarkably healthy and and, and it's a it, it, it's it's really only because I had, um, I truly believe that that I had uh, angels watching over me, and I know that you know sounds strange, but it's what I believe. It's what I believe kept me through and got me through playing Russian roulette for 22 years. Absolutely, and I think also the 10 week that you were in the boat in Clearwater, Florida, which is funny because I live like 20 minutes away from there. Um, it's you know you went through a detox. I did physical detox, uh, a mind detox, because that also allowed you to be able to write your book and have your, your, your thought clear to be able to write the content that you need to write. So this in itself helped you be able to navigate through those insecurities that you had from within to be able to kind of like focus more on how to do so or how to get away from a life that was so unproductive and dangerous, mm -hmm. and be able to focus more into something that you could help others navigate through their own challenges in life, either it being bipolar or any other kind of uh, addiction. Right. So I really believe that it is now time to pay it forward. Absolutely.
and you're doing a good job at it. I mean, I know, I know that sometimes revealing your personal life to people out there may be difficult. For some, they do not want to let their skeleton out. Okay, they want to be able to keep them in the closet and having them to be able to kind of like figure, not figure out, but more about showing still that they're strong, showing still that they have no any sort of vulnerabilities. But the reality is that people connect more with people who are vulnerable, who are who are expressing their feelings, who are, who are saying that, hey, I'm a human being like you, like anybody else out there. I have a heart, I have blood circulating to my vein, I have lungs, I have everything else. So I'm no different than anybody that succeeded or failed. And, uh, and the thing is that I think you bring more of a, a human approach to your personal life, which helps a lot of people who are going through depression, who are going through anxiety, who, does, who are too afraid, as you mentioned about the stigma, who are too afraid to be able to tell to the world that I'm dealing with mental illness. But here's what it is actually, uh, Rob. After this pandemic, where everyone was were in isolation, they were now suddenly, I see like a tidal wave of people who are now comfortable in expressing their illness and sharing with me what before the pandemic, the pre-pandemic phase, they were, they were looking at it as a stigma, as a taboo, as people like, oh, if you're mentally sick, don't even approach me. They think it's contagious of some sort. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now it's like everyone say, hey, you know what? I need a therapist. I have problem with my marriage. I have problem with my kids. I have problem with my family. I have anxiety. I have depression. I have bipolar. I have uh, anger management. I have NPD, whatever it is. They all now suddenly come out of the woodwork and just express themselves in a much more comfortable way because there's no more judgment because more and more people are dealing and suffering from the same predicament. Right. Right. I have received tremendous feedback uh, through my website, uh, irobgraves.com. People who have read the book that thank me for my vulnerability. Thank me for, 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 for just telling my story in a way um, that, uh, you know, shows people that if I can do it, then they can do it. Yes. I don't, I don't preach. I don't give a 12 step program on how to overcome bipolar disorder or how to overcome an addiction. I just simply tell my story and my story is resonating with people um, and people are coming to me and saying, thank you. Thank you for telling your story because it needs to be told. And, 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 and that's, that's a beautiful thing. If, you know, touching, touching the lives of complete strangers and having them grateful for, for your work is, is a beautiful thing. I completely agree with that. So how can our listeners uh, those who have not had the luxury or the opportunity to be able to read your book, how can they find it? They can find it on uh, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. They can also go to my website if they want to support a local bookstore. Um, it's available in several local bookstores in the Buffalo, New York area that will ship across the country. And if you go to my website, uh, www.irobgraves.com there's a link to the local bookstore beautiful well Robert 
on that note, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 12 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you're listening to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. It is okay to have depression. It is okay to have anxiety. It is okay to have any kind of adjustment disorders. We need to improve conversation and topics around these mental illnesses. The hardest thing about depression is that it is addictive. It begins to feel uncomfortable not to be depressed. You start feeling guilty for being happy. Just like toxic relationship, you tend to be more attracted to everything related to toxic connections. Getting better from depression demands a lifelong commitment. You need to make that commitment for your life's sake or for the sake of those who love you. Anyone and everyone can be affected, regardless of their level of success. In fact, there's a good chance that you know someone who's struggling with it since nearly 20% of American adult population face some form of mental illness in their lifetime. Let that sink in and let's start conversing. My name is Dr. Dan Emzelag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.